0: Welcome to LSAT Boss. I'm your host, Shauna Ginsberg. This is Season 1, Episode 7, and today we will be tackling the second part of our Identify the Conclusion lesson with our wonderful co-host, Miss Claudia Ryan. Hello! Welcome back. Glad to be here. We told our listeners last time that we were going to make you tackle another conclusion question, and we intend to keep our promise... Oh, boy. It's going to be great. about brown butter cookies, so at least it'll be a delicious question, even did if it's you a make hard some? one. I did. Of course I did. Added some extra salt this time. Where are they? They're gone. <laughs> well, I'm leaving. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, but you're also here because you serve dual roles. I don't think anybody knows that you are also doubling now that you've graduated as my LSAT student. You double as my legal assistant. I'm so great. So many roles. (laughs) You've been doing some really cool work. And I think what was really cool about seeing you on your first day was how you were able to pretty quickly kind of synthesize some really cool logical reasoning skills from LSAT prep right into your legal assistant work. I was hoping you hadn't noticed that. Oh, I noticed. It was amazing. Remember when we were nerding out looking at the legal research together?
1: Yes, that was very fun. My new favorite hobby, all of my friends are now asking me questions.
0: It's really funny when you first start learning the basics of legal research and you get into JD year one everyone comes out of the woodwork thinking you know everything, and so they want you to advise them about everything and anything. And when you're in your first year of law school, you think you can. When you're in your second year of law school, you suddenly realize you know nothing at all. And then by the third year of law school, I think you're just utterly intimidated by yourself and the breadth of the work that you've accomplished. But then you see all of these experienced veteran attorneys ahead of you, and you're like, oh, my goodness, there is so much more to climb. There's so many ways that you can continue to develop your skills and grow. I think it's really cool to be on the...
1: Mostly I look at the ones that I encounter lately and think, if that idiot can do it, it can't be that bad.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, what does it take to be an attorney? It takes tackling 30 tests successfully, starting with the LSAT, right? Hooray. 30 tests. Kind of puts it all in perspective, right? You're working on the LSAT. You think it's kind of the end-all be-all that you rise and fall with your test score and then you realize you're on the other side of it and it's kind of just the beginning again. And I think that's cool. There's so many new beginnings when you're an attorney, whether it's starting the LSAT, starting your first year of law school, starting bar prep, starting your first job. There's a lot of firsts. It's a good thing nobody can see my face because it's twisted in anguish. It's a long process. I was just working on the five-year plan with another student And it really puts things in perspective, right? The LSAT is practically a blip on the radar, and that can be overwhelming, but at the same time, it also demystifies the LSAT a bit. It's kind of just another test when you get down to it.
1: I'm banking on all of my problems being solved by the upcoming climate wars, so...
0: (laughs) Don't have a five-year plan yet, guys. (laughs) Well, I hope you have a plan to finish your LSAT prep, a plan... To perform at your best potential, a plan to get all of your applications out on time, whatever the climate is like. Because you're still going to need lawyers. In fact, maybe we'll need more of them. Yes.
1: Operating from our bunkers underneath the desert that is soon to be Maryland.
0: Hey, and saving the world. That too, I guess. Um, We're also going to hit you with some myth busters. How about one right now? I want a Mythbuster. Okay, and that's it. That's that's how we get one. The first Mythbuster today is we'll start with the myth. Myth, if you have anxiety, that's not a legitimate reason to test with accommodations. That's the myth.
1: It's definitely a myth.
0: Definitely a myth. Definitely. Let's bust that myth wide open. Do it. Anxiety, if it is diagnosed on the DSM 5 criteria scale as generalized anxiety disorder, or any form of anxiety, which causes a functional limitation on test day. Crippling existential terror. Does that count? Absolutely. We would call that emotional symptoms. Stress, panic, dread, catastrophizing, things like that, that can lead to physical symptoms or the most hated symptoms of all, the cognitive symptoms that lead to freeze, distraction, having to reread instructions over and over that are relatively simple. Trying to climb out windows? No, that wouldn't be a hide under desks. It's not so much a cognitive issue. Definitely a physical. We would call that um, fidgety. Fidgety. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, fidgety.
1: Climbing out a window is very fidgety. (laughs) If
0: you're so fidgety that you're climbing out a window, you might be suffering from symptoms of, of crippling anxiety. And in that case. I like to remind people that anxiety is wildly time-consuming because it takes you away. Such a pain in the ass, guys. It takes you away, right? And that's a real pain because you're sitting there trying to tackle, you know, a principle question, identifying the four elements of a principle to see whether it matches up in an application. And meanwhile, you feel like you want to crawl out a window. And if that's happening and that is so time-consuming and it's impacting your ability to show your potential on the set, then of course that is a reason to test with accommodations. And we work with many people. We help them with their accommodations paperwork. They tell us they have test anxiety. We go through some diagnostic criteria with them to make sure that they qualify because they have a functional limitation on test day. That is the legal term that warrants accommodations. Legal term, she nailed it right there. I am an attorney. Damn. I've got a real knack for using legal terms. <laughs> you think this was her job or something, I know. Guys? Yes. So that is myth number one, busted. busted. So busted. So busted. All right. Let's get started with identify the conclusion part two. Last episode, and if you didn't listen, definitely go back and listen to episode six because we break down the whole strategy for identifying and tackling conclusions, including the why how do you know test or what claudia refers to it as so what the so what test why does this matter why does this conclusion matter and we look for evidence the premises to support the conclusions once we are sure we found the conclusion then we're ready to go to the next step which is our strategy for processing and eliminating wrong answers and the right answer choice will basically include the same words from the conclusion that you marked up in the argument. Now, I use the word basically for a really important reason. They don't always use the same exact words. And that brings us to today's lesson. We're going to talk about transitional words and phrases. And we're going to talk about what words constitute good substitutes that you could use in place of a word you found in a passage or argument. And what words would not count as substitutes. And then we're going to end with a really hard conclusion question for Claudia because, well, she's awesome, and when you put Claudia under pressure, gosh darn, if she doesn't perform well, that's why she's on the other side of the LSAT. Let's talk about transitional words and phrases. We've got overall 13 different categories of transition words that we can talk about, but not all of them are super relevant for logical reasoning, so we're just going to focus today on talking about those transition words that connect and relate ideas, sentences, and paragraphs that assist in the logical flow of ideas and signal relationships between sentences. Usually these are words that we don't even think about. And then sometimes when we start thinking about the words, we think about them in such a basic sense that we don't really think about them in the broader situation. And the word however, I think, is a really good example, because just today, I was looking in an old prep test. I think it was prep test 54, and it had the word however... That was my favorite test,
1: by the way, 54.
0: Really? I don't remember. (laughs) You're so sure, though. (laughs) And I'm looking at you with, like, the utmost sincerity. Like, you like 54, too? Because I'm geeking out about 54 right now, and I actually took this uh, question, and we're going to be using it in the role episode because I like it so much. You're so so innocent. It's precious. I, I love 54. Okay, so um, this question used, however, as if it was describing a quantity, but it was at the beginning of a sentence. And it, and it basically gave the conclusion in the first sentence. And then after that, it was a premise to support the conclusion, but it said, however much da-da-da-da-da there is... Da, 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 right? And so it's not the same thing as however, comma, da, da 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 right? However much, however many. That however is not a transition word, however. That's an annoying word meant to throw you off. Exactly. Exactly. It's meant to fuck your day right up. Yeah, a however without a comma afterwards totally meant to ruin your day. And if we study the transition words a little bit more thoroughly, then not only do we look at the transition word, but also the comma right after it.
1: Commas will get you every time.
0: Yeah. Or not get you every time. Because we're super, super focused on them. Right? It's semantic analysis. It's looking at words and the relationship between words. And if punctuation separates them, well, we better be sure to pause and think about its meaning. Next week, Shauna's going to have a rap about punctuation for you guys. Oh, my God. I would love to rap about punctuation. All right. Category number one to signal addition of ideas. These are the basic ones that we all know. And also besides, furthermore, moreover, equally important. But when I say that this is a category of words that signals an addition of ideas, it means that these words do not signal what, Claudia? The conclusion. Exactly right. And guys, we did not prepare for that pop quiz question. No, we didn't, guys. She's just that smart, great tutoring. Great tutoring. I think what's hard about the addition of idea transition words is words like furthermore and moreover. Because when you see them at the tail end of an argument, you do think, uh, you know, naturally the tail end of the argument is where the conclusion is. And so I think our brain sometimes accepts it as a conclusion. It's never, never a conclusion transition word. Let's talk about, we're going to jump to category five. And if you download the episode notes, you'll see all the categories in there, but category five is really the next important one. It signals an example. You're going to see moreover in here, as well as for example, for instance, such as, just as important, similarly. All of them are examples. And if they're example transition words, then they're not going to trigger the what? Conclusion. You're getting. Really, really good at this. If we're adding stuff to the point, it's not the conclusion, guys. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like saying we just had premise one, and now we're going to get... Premise two. Again, we did not plan for her to say that. She is just that smart. I'm so good at this, you guys. So good at this. Category number six, these are transition words to show results. Examples of this are, as a result, hence, so, accordingly, thus, because since, for, and therefore. And some of those words that I just mentioned, although we're categorizing them as to show results, they might be the cause that's triggering the result, right? But arguably, a word like for or because still shows results because it comes right after the result, right? I hired Claudia to be my legal assistant for she is brilliant at identifying conclusions. See how the four leads to the result of your hire.
1: All I hear is that I'm brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's okay, because you're done with this stuff. So So done. You just pick out the the compliments at this (laughs) point and store those. (laughs) Um, So some other transition words that are really important. Category eight to signal comparisons, and category nine to indicate contrast. Why are those important? Well, last episode we talked about the oreo cookie conclusions which were triggered by but however they could also be triggered by yet still notwithstanding actually all of that is contrast that's critical because if you're contrasting two premises then whichever comes after the contrast word is going to be the premise that directly supports the conclusion killing it you're just killing it today killing it three for three Mm mm-hmm Let's do one final category. Let's go to category 12 to intensify. When you intensify, you're taking a point that you've already made and making it more, well, for lack of a better word, intense. When you're making something more emphatic, it never triggers the... Inclusion. Once again, Claudia, just on point today. I want to talk about these substitutes, but before we do, let's take a quick break. Alright, right. We're back and we're talking about substitutes that are acceptable in answer choices and those that are not. And in the show notes, you're going to find these as table A, which are the table of keywords that could be used as substitutes and table B, which are the ones that can't be. And we developed these because I've been working with students on the LSAT for 17 years and it's Pretty clear when somebody makes one of these mistakes. So I just add it to the table. So this table has been generated by mistake after mistake. And those of you that are former students that are listening, you might hear one of these and say, I remember when I generated that mistake for this book. So here are some great examples. If you see in a passage children in daycare, then you could see in a substitute
1: young children.
0: Absolutely, because daycare is a place where young children go, right? If you saw having the trait of succumbing to a virus, you could see something like susceptibility, but you could also see something like characteristic because having a trait is having a characteristic and succumbing to a virus makes you susceptible, right? Or it shows a susceptibility. If you have the freedom to choose your friends, then you could substitute that with a given freedom, but you couldn't substitute it with the freedoms or all freedoms because this was a specific freedom. This was a freedom to choose your friends. So a given freedom is okay. If you see the phrase, let nature take its course, then it's possible in an answer choice that you won't see it in the exact same phrasing. But it might say then that if you let nature take its course, that's the same thing as saying humans should not intervene. Intervene. You sound like one of those dictionaries when you push the button on the the audio on the dictionary on the internet. You're very good at it. I made a new one today that I added. If something cannot be fulfilled anonymously, then that's the same thing as saying you must know the source of the gratitude. And I couldn't have Claudia do that one because she didn't know that one yet. If it cannot be fulfilled anonymously, it's like a double negative, which means that It must be known, anonymous, right? sourced. So must know the source of the gratitude. Now, as far as those words that can't be substitutes, if you saw in a passage something about a socially responsible business, you would have to eliminate an answer choice that redefines it as
1: a business that opposes unsanitary working conditions.
0: You might want or prefer a business that opposes unsanitary working conditions, but that's not the same thing as social responsibility. Sanitation is about health, not social. If you have a reasonable expectation, like you reasonably expect it's going to snow today, that is not the same thing as knowledge or a guarantee. Right. You can't know it's going to snow if you just reasonably expect it. If you say you like all flavors of ice cream except for chocolate you cannot select an answer choice that says any flavor because you don't want any flavor you don't want chocolate i think that's enough examples it gives you an idea of how closely we're looking at language we can't just look at the words of the conclusion and say i demand that they're there in the answer choice because you might not see them there right precisely all right And so with that, we can now turn to the practice question of the day. All right, Claudia, do you want to go ahead and read the question and all the answers? Sure do. All right, go for it. Every baker strives to increase the amount
1: of chocolate in their chocolate chip cookies, for this increases enjoyment for cookie-loving customers and the likelihood they will return. But not all efforts to increase chocolate in chocolate chip cookies are beneficial to the baker's business as a whole. Often, attempts to increase chocolate quantities decrease the number of non-chocolate-loving customers, which clearly harms the profits. Which one of the following most accurately expresses the main conclusion of the baker's argument? A. If an action taken to secure the survival of a bakery fails to enhance the profits of the business, that action cannot be good for the business as a whole. B. Some measures taken by a bakery to increase chocolate and chocolate chip cookies fail to be beneficial to the bakery as a whole. C. Only if the interests of the non-chocolate-loving customers coincide with that of the bakery will adding the chocolate to chocolate chip cookies be beneficial to the bakery as a whole. D. There is no bakery that does not make efforts to increase the quality of chocolate in its cookies. E. Decreasing the number of non-chocolate-loving customers undermines the profits of
0: a bakery. Alright, so I promised you cookies... I mean, huh, I didn't actually give you real cookies, but I did give you a question about cookies, so... False advertising. I could sue. If you get it right, I will make you cookies before the next
1: episode. Answers B. Some measures taken by a bakery to increase chocolate and chocolate,
0: chocolate chip cookies fail to be beneficial to the bakery as a whole. All right, so what does that line up with in the argument? What did you identify in the argument as, as the conclusion? But not all efforts to increase
1: chocolate in the chocolate chip cookies are beneficial to the baker's business as a whole.
0: And since we talked about transition words today, was there a transition word that caught your eye that made you focus in on that as the conclusion? But. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And in this case, what comes after the but is another sentence, and it begins with often? Yes. Yes.
1: Often, attempts to increase chocolate quantities decrease the number of non-chocolate-loving customers, which clearly harms the profits.
0: And how'd you know that wasn't the conclusion?
1: Because
0: often just adds more information to the previous sentence. I would totally agree with that. In fact, it's support. Not only does it provide information, but it provides information that supports the sentence before it, right? It is
1: supportive information, not independent information.
0: So if we're doing the why test and we go, I think that the conclusion is, but not all efforts to increase chocolate and chocolate chip cookies are beneficial to the baker's business as a whole. We go, why? How do you know? Well, it's that statement about what happens often, right? Exactly. Okay, okay. All right, great. So among the wrong answer choices, A is a conditional statement. It says, if an action taken to secure the survival of a bakery fails to enhance the profits of the business, that action cannot be good for the business as a whole. That's not the same thing as what you underlined as the conclusion. Sometimes people like to persuade me that the answer they selected is right. but I would never do that. It's simple enough to just rely on the test, right? If you already applied the Y test and underlined the conclusion, then the question is, is that language the same or is it substituted for what we underlined? For A, the answer is no. For B, not all efforts to increase chocolate chip cookies are beneficial. Not all efforts, meaning some measures taken are not beneficial. And the language lines up really well with B, doesn't it? Because some, is the same thing, then, as not all. Exactly. And I didn't put that in table A, but I could have said, if you saw some, or if you saw not all in a passage, then you could see some in the answer choice. Well, I think that was perfect. We're completing each other's sentences at this point, Claudia. Pretty much. I think that's pretty amazing. We are amazing. Um, Obviously, that's definitely a sign that we've spent too much time together, Maybe that's a sign we should awkwardly transition into our final Mythbuster. Okay, so, hey, Claudia. Hey, Shauna. Bust that myth. Let's bust a myth wide open. Myth. Colleges will find out that you've tested with accommodations. Well, I mean, they're going to find out when you show up to college and ask for
1: accommodations,
0: anyways. But if you take the L set with accommodations, will they find that out? No. No. Not at all. Uh, it would be a violation of your HIPAA rights. It's medical documentation that you submit and support right here comes the lawyerly stuff again i tell you no one will find out that you tested with accommodations unless you tell them and if you want accommodations in college in law school wherever you are in school you're going to have to tell them in disability services that you need them and that's totally okay and that is our myth busted busted well that's it for today's episode of lsat boss thank you again for joining us this has been Shauna Ginsburg and Claudia Ryan. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Have a great week.